I'm Jamie. And I'm Charlotte. And you're listening to With With Relish. Because life has been... It's just been... Let's just go with that. I was honestly waiting for a little bit more. Um, no, that's all you get. I, I'm not witty today. I have no uh, hilarious metaphors for life. It's, it's just where we're at. Love it. Love the honesty. <laughs> just uh, for everyone listening, uh, Auckland just had their, what, 100 days of lockdown? Yes. Almost a third of a year now. Crikey. Crikey. Mm. Uh, and Hamilton, but where I'm at. Sight. Yeah, there is. There is. There's a silver lining there. It's glistening. It's almost reachable. I have made a um, date in my calendar for a, a little trip that I'm making up to Auckland soon. So that was like weirdly exciting. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, still, still doing the lockdown thing. And. Uh, Coming up to Christmas, like we're almost at the end of November, which is kind of freaky. Mm-hmm. Normally, I'm like fully set for Christmas. I've got all my Christmas shopping, our crafting done. Everything's wrapped. Everything's organized. This year, like I was doing my Christmas shopping yesterday because the shops have only just reopened here. Yeah, um, yeah. And so I'm feeling very like I'm not ready. I'm not my usual organized, calm self about it this year. Yeah, it's been a little bit more of like a flustered kind of um, lead up, I think. Hey, like with just things being closed and I mean, everyone's doing a lot of online shopping. I know that, but even that is busy as shit. So I think a lot of people have been scared to order things for other people in case they don't yeah. arrive in time. They might not it's arrive. There's and, a like, lot. we didn't even know if we would be out of lockdown for Christmas. So we were like, do mm. we bother doing anything? I don't know. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. I I ordered a Christmas tree because I wanted a fake tree uh, to reuse year and year and year again. And also mm-hmm. Logan is severely allergic to pine. So like his too, eyeballs buddy. will just yeah his eyeballs will just puff up. I think we've talked about this before and about yeah. how I usually get the pine scented candle like I love scented candles so I was like oh I'll get in the Koya they do a really good pine scented candle so um that kind of my thing and I ordered a Christmas tree and I swear to god it took I want to say almost six weeks to arrive which is crazy when it's just coming from Auckland so yes so I'm I'm really glad that I yeah, I'm really glad that I ordered this tree, like, and was actually being organized with it for me. So it's here. We're good. I'm going to have a tree this year, guys, because I didn't have one last year because we'd just moved into our house um, on the 13th of December last year. So we were just all up in the air with, yeah, everything. So, yeah, feeling, I mean, feeling organized in some ways hadn't arrived you could have probably built one out of the six jars of peanut butter that you ordered yeah probably but um oh my god crafted one out of newspaper and peanut butter i just get crafty just getting crafty with it yeah. yeah uh 
So before I get stuck in, do you have a tea with you? I do. And my giant wow-sized taco mug. Okay, I actually gotcha. have. Oh no, I was just going to say real quick to everyone that's listening. I'm looking at a video because Jamie and I stare at each other through Discord when we're <laughs> recording because we we're do cool. now. Yeah. And um, she's got a giant mug that is literally the size of her face. Like it's from forehead to chin right now. And there's a wee taco on it. It's quite cute. <laughs> um, yes, I am drinking a white Christmas tea to get in the festive mood. Uh, this is one from our dear dear friends at Honey and Sons it's called White Christmas and it's white tea with vanilla and almonds oh my god that sounds amazing can you please not drink it all before I get up to you because I would love to have a little cup of that is the almond Mm -hmm. quite strong though no okay no it smells very vanilla She's tasting it. Do a little slurp for you there on the uh, microphone. No, the almond is very subtle. Okay. All right. It's much more the white tea and then the vanilla, and the almond is just kind of like slightly taking some of the vanilla sweetness out and adding a bit of depth. Yum. Okay. Amazing. Because sometimes when things get a little too like mm-hmm. bitter and almondy, I'm just it kind of puts me off a little bit. So that sounds that sounds amazing though. You don't want to be drinking marzipan. Nah, I really don't. Like I like marzipan, but just sometimes it's I don't. Ugh, it's so strong and it's just. Ugh. I think I get that from my mum. My mum really hates like almond flavored stuff, like almond. Yeah, essence. I'm not I'm a just... huge fan to be honest. Um, yeah. That's so cool. The Christmas tin is so beautiful. For everyone listening, Honey and Sons is our sponsor, our tea sponsor. We're so lucky. Like, literally our favorite fucking tea brand in the whole world sponsors us. Like, so stoked. And they, if you haven't seen their product, they have the most aesthetically pleasing, beautiful tea brand and these stunning, like, tins that all of their tea can come in and yeah, you can get refillables, which is fantastic for like keeping. They're just something you want on display. Like I'm obsessed. I love, love, love. Um, yes. What are you drinking? I'm, I am drinking something which I am extremely excited about because it's it's my fave, and it also ties in with what we are talking about today. But I am drinking mint tea, peppermint tea, and it's oh. it goes with my episode, which I will be. Uh, talking about in two seconds but this this peppermint tea this is loose leaf peppermint tea and I am not even kidding when I say that my eyeballs rolled back into my head when I sniffed how fresh and delicious the leaves smelled like before I had poured water into it I was just like this smells like tea for rich people like this is luxurious this is the top tier of peppermint tea (laughs) it's just so good so um yeah i it's a recent one it's one of the ones jamie and i got sent in our recent little sponsorship pack so i got a tin of uh peppermint tea and jasmine tea and i think you got christmas uh white christmas and yeah and gingerbread Oh, gingerbread. That's right. Amazing. But um, 
to carry on from this, I'm drinking mint tea this episode, during this episode, because I'm chatting about Moroccan Hanukkah and they, people within that Jewish community um, drink really sweet peppermint tea. Like it's like the tea of Morocco. So if you don't know already, they actually have like, it's a tradition, like they drink peppermint tea and it's, it's drunk differently depending on where you are, like from the north of Morocco down to the southern sort of um, areas, the sweetness changes. So like some of them will have really, really sweet peppermint tea that's like sweetened with either sugar or honey. Um, and then sometimes it's not drunk with sweetener at all. And it's a little bit more of like a refreshing, less therapy kind of tea. But I just thought that that was such a nice tea like I don't know like I just thought I don't know why but just Moroccans and drinking peppermint tea just made me really happy and I was like I love that they have like their official tea like it just makes me so happy well tea and that it's quite regional mm. you, know, you could go from town to town and have a completely different tea experience but it's the same flavor yeah exactly so Moroccan Hanukkah if you don't know a lot about it um I want to be honest. I didn't know a whole heap either, but I I do know that people in Morocco traditionally drink a shitload of peppermint tea. But I didn't know that it kind of uh, I didn't know that it. What is the word I'm looking for? I didn't know that tea and um the little sweetie treaties that I'm going to talk about today fused with like Christmas and kind of like that Hanukkah like, tradition. Yeah, exactly. So. The Moroccan Hanukkah tradition is basically one of them is drinking tea with donuts called sfinge. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, say no more. Like tea and donuts? Fuck yeah. Like this is going to be something I'm going to (laughs) love. I was like, Jamie's going to love this too. Donut. I am. Love a donut. (laughs) Yeah. And I just, the more I read about it, um, because originally I was like, why? don't like I mean not why donuts there's no reason to not eat donuts but why these specific donuts and tea at this time of year so I'm going to try and make sense of it I did quite a bit of reading at first it didn't make a lot of sense to me so I will try and uh bring it across in a way that makes sense but (laughs) obviously feel free to do your own reading so As I said earlier, as if you need a reason to eat donuts. There is actually reasoning, though, behind why the community celebrates food fried in oil, and apparently it is to commemorate the Jewish Maccabees, so that was Jewish rebel warriors, who were defending themselves against the Greek Assyrians in what could have been yet another tragic end to the Jewish people in Israel. We're not going down a horrible, horrible route here. Just bear with me. The oil that was sufficient to burn for a day actually ended up lasting for eight days and the temple remained illuminated and all sparkly. Hence the Hanukkah saying of Festival of Lights, which you might have heard of. In the end, the Maccabees prevailed 
and the community got to eat fried everything and feel like they are being observant of something other than just extreme indulgence, which is fine if you want to eat donuts just because you want to eat donuts. But that's supposedly in a rough story how, like why they, because donuts are cooked in oil, the oil is what kept everything illuminated during a difficult oh, time. And if that makes so sense, symbolic. yes. It's like exactly. bringing it back. Yes, exactly. It's like the oil is, it's like celebrating the oil. So that's why they eat yeah. these round things cooked in oil. I know, honestly, I did so much reading about it and I was like, really? Like this is, it's It's more what? like the oil, the oil <laughs> is the point rather than the donut and the donut is just a carrier for the oil. Yes, exactly. Because these tiny little like stretch, it's quite stretchy dough before you have created the donuts. And they're little. They're like little, little ones. Oh, they're um, little. They are. They're really small, they're little like kind of chewy. They are. And again, the same as the tea, they are eaten differently depending on where you are in Morocco. And um, we'll get to that in a second. But yeah, it's. I don't know. I just thought it was very interesting, but I was trying to make sense of it because I was like, surely that's not true. And then, I mean, apparently it is according to the bazillion of different articles that I read. But um, if anyone listening has sort of more information or maybe has been to Morocco um, or is Moroccan, I don't know. Let us know. Uh, But I thought that was very cool. So a little bit more about the donuts. They are extremely delicious and they are sometimes made at home if you want to make them at home. But obviously, they are often and very easily bought from street vendors. And you will often find, if you're like a guest in a Moroccan home, that it is like, uh, it is like part of the hospitality is that you would be served these not just at Christmas but like a sweet little pile of like platter of like sweetie treaties um with tea so it's kind of like if you yeah. are a guest and yeah I know cute day I was like oh I love I love it. I, yeah it's like apparently yeah Moroccan hospitality says that yeah one must always offer mint tea and like potentially just some sweet treats that could include the donuts or not um if you are a guest or like a visitor to someone's home, which I knew you would appreciate. <laughs> always, always. And you um, know me, every time someone comes to my house, I'm like, are you hungry? Do you need feeding? Do you need some food? I have some food. Do you want some food? <laughs> exactly. I know this to be very, very true. Charlotte's like, I'm not hungry. I'm like, yeah, but do you need some food? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And like, it's got to the point now as well where sometimes I will just um, completely help myself. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I know where everything is. You know where everything lives. <laughs> um, where was I up to? Oh, yeah. So, as I said earlier, uh, the level of sugar um, in both the tea and on the donuts can vary by location. So, I feel like I should call them. Um, rather than donut because I quite like that word but anyway um those in the sort of southern spots tend to drink much sweeter tea and the mint tea is like 
it's a very it's very much a part of moroccans sort of way of life like they they grow it there it is um native like they have a special mint tea i think it's it's spelt like nana but i think it's nana i think that's how it's pronounced you might have seen it like moroccan nana tea because for ages i've seen i'm gonna look for it now have a look so morocco has native uh i think it's pronounced nana mint so it's special mint that they have and it's it's grown there like there's farms um and it is like a very clean refreshing um very fragrant mint and it has quite a naturally sweet taste so of course they're going to turn that shit into a drink yeah uh, and enough. yeah i re- I read a few different theories on how the yummy little donuts were served. And yeah, like I said before, in Morocco, they're really, really rolled in sugar. But um, in, I find that in the more touristy spaces, like in the more touristy like shops and like areas where there's just going to be shitloads of people being like, oh, I'm going to buy all the things, you might find them sort of with like icing sugar and stuff on them, um, like powdered sugar, but it's not how they are always eaten. Um, they can also be dipped in honey. And I've also seen that people, uh, a lot of the recipes I saw, they came with either like a white sort of like drizzle on them or some people like dipping them in chocolate. So it is entire like they are literally, there's no rule. But I did find that um, most Moroccans seem to eat theirs without sugar and that it's almost a savory treat because the donut itself is not super sweet at all it's kind of so you can kind of pick what you want to do with it and whether you make it sweet or savory yeah exactly and um they are traditionally served warm and like an on-the-go kind of treat as well um yeah so like i also saw people who were like they're really good with jam they're really good with honey um and but yeah most of the time they are served plain i guess and will be eaten plain because you've got traditionally your very sweet tea that is going to pair with it so i think it's i guess it would come down to the taste and the region in which you live in and kind of like maybe how your family drank that and like served it yeah but to me i'm just like a sort of a more savory donut with a very like slight undertone of sweet and a really like sweet yummy tea seems like the perfect kind of accompaniment to me rather than like sweet sweet everything's covered in sugar holy shit you know yeah that makes sense yeah uh and then i was having a look as well at like yeah where the sort of um how sweet things are based on the region and yeah in the north of the country the tea is supposed to be very mild and sweet quite like similar to the donuts, not served with many much sweetener added. And then apparently as you travel south, the tea gets stronger um, and less sugar is used. But then again, I don't know, there was so much differing. I think it is really like down to where the fuck you are living and like who makes the tea for you. I don't know, to be honest. It was quite hard to find that information. And I've never been to Morocco, though it is on the list. Uh, yeah. There's a couple of other things that I think were worth noting as well, that there is a very smaller, like, uh, more doughy donut called Kringo. And then the Sfinge, which I've been talking about. Pardon? That's such a cute name. Yeah. Kringo. 
I thought so too. It was so cute. And now I'm just super hungry for donuts. But um, mm. the so there's Kringo, which is like a smaller, more denser donut. And then there's the Sphinche, which are like a bigger, lighter, more slightly doughy, which are kind of the ones that I've been talking about and are more popular during the Moroccan uh, Jewish Hanukkah. Um, so yeah, tea and sweet treats. I'm for it. I also really want to go to Morocco. I, Me too. It's one of my favorite. There's one of my favorite Hitchcock films is called The Man Who Knew Too Much, and it's from 1956, yeah. and it is set in Marrakesh. And ever since I saw that film, Doris Day's in it. Ever since I saw her singing and um just wandering around in like her fancy outfits in marrakesh and like at the markets and stuff i remember just being like wow like i really want to go to morocco like that place looks so cool um so i don't know why i just have this weird like fascination really want to go there but um (laughs) yeah Yeah, i've read a lot about the food and the food seemed Mm. incredible right and that the food is always about 50% of what makes me want to go somewhere. If someone's I like, know. the scenery is amazing, but the food is terrible, I'm not going there. You know? Well, I mean, totally. Because, like, think about how much weight the food has on a holiday. Like, when you go on holiday, you want to yeah. be nibbling and drinking all of the fine, delicious things. Like, you want to be eating all the good yeah. stuff. So, if you're going somewhere with a really shitty cuisine, I'm actually trying to think of somewhere. I mean, is there, there are, anywhere that has bad food? Yes. There are certain towns in Cuba, certain yeah. cities in Cuba that have really bad food. Wow. And when I was there, because I went to a whole bunch of, I basically went sort of up the entire island. Some places had really incredible food and then would go to other places and our guide would be like, Oh, there is nothing good in this pie town. Yeah, don't eat here. (laughs) He's like, it's Uh, known for having bad food. (laughs) That is so interesting. I I think probably the only place I've ever been that the cuisine was just a bit like, eh, whatever, is um, just places like random spots in the US, probably. Mm. Just random spots where like, all there is is fast food. Do you know what I mean? And just like shit. Yeah, just... I've eaten some very average food in America. To be fair, Do you I know feel what? like there's some amazing food, but there, a lot of the food, especially to our palate, is so mm. fucking sugary. Like the bread is sugary, and everything's prepackaged. It's very strange. Yes. Um, just Do you like know the what? everyday supermarket food is kind of average. <laughs> Totally. I'm thinking now that I'm actually having a good think about it, I think the place that has the most average food that I've ever been to is probably Las Vegas. I think, I'm trying to think. Like, I would never eat seafood in Las Vegas. It's a fucking desert. How old is that? Oh, yeah, but I don't really eat seafood anyway. I actually (laughs) had some really incredible food in Las Vegas. I went I'm to just... some really incredible restaurants. Um, I went to some incredible buffets. Yeah. yeah I, mean, I, like, had some, I had some, like, fine dining vegan food in Las Vegas, and it was really good. 
I went to a few buffets in Vegas, but honestly, nothing to write home about for me. But I don't know the right buffet, clearly. (laughs) Yeah. And I, I mean, to be honest, I don't go to Vegas to eat. I didn't go to Vegas to eat. It's not a place that's like a big foodie, like, come here for the food on the map, you know? No, no. Mmm, interesting. Well, I'm going to have to have a little more think about that and like all the places I've been and the food. I think the best place I've ever been with the best food is either Guatemala or Louisiana. Oh. It's got to be one of those two. I've not been to Louisiana, but there are so many incredible foods that I know come from Louisiana mm. that that would probably be delicious. Also Greece. Um, I ate Greece. an incredible food in Bali. Oh, yum. I can really imagine. Fresh yeah. In Bali. Tropical um, fruits and things. Yeah, it was really delicious. Love. And where else have I had really good food? Yeah, like I had some really incredible food in the States. I feel like it was just half, very half and half. Same. Mm. And then I Cuba, like- yeah, had some amazing food, uh, like amazing fresh seafood, um, incredible fried plantains, some really delicious empanadas, yeah. and then also some really average food as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I only had delicious food in Guatemala, and I never got sick on yeah, any food. That sounds once. really good. I never got sick on food in Thailand. I got sick on something, one thing in Cambodia. And you know why? Because I went to the night market and I ate a crispy fucking tarantula, which had been deep fried. And I ate loads of bugs. I ate all sorts of crickets and bugs and just, they were delicious. But I think something i don't think it was the bugs because deep fried shit is not going to give you food poisoning i think it was something else that i ate at that market because i i ate a lot logan and i were stuffed um but i think something at that market gave me a bit of an upset tum so like i've eaten i've got a stomach of steel though i shit you not like you can pretty i can eat pretty much anything and my stomach will just be like digest 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 it all (laughs) so i don't know i i've eaten a lot of good food you've eaten a lot of good food we've eaten a lot of good food yes we have Mm. and speaking of should we go to an ad break you know we drink a lot of tea right uh uh it's us well, for the whole of season five, we'll be drinking Honey and Sons tea because we love them and they love us. Ooh, yum! Which tea is your favourite? Harris tea. It's fruity, vanilla-y black tea. Which is your favourite? Definitely gotta say Cinnamon Sunset. You know I love spice. If you love tea as much as Jamie and I do, though, make sure you head over to honeyteas.co.nz if you're based in Aotearoa. Or they have a whole bunch of international sites too. Hani.com, hanishop.eu, hanitees.com.au. Uh, there's a whole heap and now I'm rambling. 
just drink your tea. Hello again. Well, hi. How are you? Oh, hi. I'm, I'm, I'm doing better, actually, than I was when we started because yes. we're talking about food. Yes. Um, yes. And Christmas food. And when I think of Christmas drinks, I think of eggnog and mulled wine. Or here in New Zealand, I think of mimosas, summer. And after your cocktail topic last episode, I think of Santa Tinis. Yes, I'm so <laughs> glad. I was so stoked with that episode. I knew you would love talking about yes. Christmas cocktails, so uh, you're welcome. <laughs> I did. Yes. Um, but I don't generally think about tea. So I didn't mm. realize that Christmas tea parties are a thing in the UK and in America. Yeah, no, nah, neither did I, to be honest. I'm intrigued. Well. Apparently, the tradition kicked off back in the 1830s, a time when it was often safer to drink booze than town water, and any rare day off, including Christmas, was seen by the working class as a good reason to get absolutely rat-faced drunk. Woo! Wages were gambled, ankles were showing, some guy called Clarence stood on a table yelling the Victorian equivalent of, shut, shut! Shut, 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 everybody. <laughs> Until the temperance movement showed up. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. These crusaders against intoxication were determined to make Christmas the wholesome family affair that Christian holidays should be. And their weapon of choice against festive inebriation? Massive motherfucking tea parties Ugh. i love the yeah. word inebriated inebriation and mm. inebriated is just so good inebriated. it's so descriptive but also if i went to one of these parties fuck i would have both ankles on a show <laughs> maybe a little bit of elbow mm-hmm. maybe a bit of yeah i was gonna say well i was gonna say a bit of wrist a bit of delicious oh. wrist but Milky yeah. white wrist Shit, I love that your sensual self has just gone straight for an elbow. Oh, an elbow. Oh, my. (laughs) (laughs) Often held on Christmas Eve, these alcohol-free Christmas tea parties hosted up to 4,000 working and middle-class attendees in halls festooned with fresh pine boughs. Tea and food were served at long tables while preachers, recovering alcoholics, and temperance advocates delivered what I can only imagine were very dry sermons and speeches promoting the virtues of an alcohol-free life. No, thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. Dry in all senses of the word. Like, actually, like, I literally just thought to myself, like, how dry. <laughs> so dry and also dry because there's no alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> Um, in a time when so few lived comfortably, the lure of free food and tea was enough to really get people on board. And these teetotaler tea parties became a Christmas tradition. Although, personally, I gotta wonder how many people went to a temperance Christmas Eve tea party and then got absolutely 
fucking sloshed on eggnog on Christmas Day. Yeah, definitely something that happened. Like, yeah, 100% had to have happened. Like, did you have to show a membership card and then someone would come and check on you to make sure that you were actually not drinking on Christmas? I don't think so. Some weird, like, breath test or something back then, the ABCs standing on one foot. Like, who knows? In your 17 petticoats. Yeah, exactly. Like, fuck that. That's a lot of weight. Like, everyone's going to be falling over. Yeah, and apparently one of the big draws of these also was because they were run by the temperance movement. Um, a lot of the time the upper class would come because they were the ones quite often, you know, pushing the temperance movement, um, would come and help serve the tea to the lower class, which is something that did not ever happen. Mm -hmm. And so it was kind of a big deal that you could go and maybe some hoity-toity person, you know, doing their charity good deed for Christmas would be there serving your tea. Um, so, but clearly, alcohol-free Christmas parties did not work for everyone, especially not out here in the Antipodes, where quite a few people get fucked up drinking brunch bubbles in the sun on Christmas because it's in the summer here. Yep. Um, so, yeah, not really a big thing in New Zealand. However, Christmas morning and Christmas Christmas morning teas and Christmas high teas are still served in many a fancy schmancy hotel in America and Britain. They are no longer strictly alcohol-free. Many are offered with champagne or maybe a santatini, and the food is much more luxurious. These Christmas teas are not fighting against festive fucked-upness, but instead are an escape from seasonal stress. Oh my god, I love that. I would love to go and do like a festive tea party on like Christmas Eve I'd be or something. Game for that. I Same. would love to go to even just a, a a high tea. It doesn't even have to be a big a big tea party, but just yeah. even a little high tea where everything was sort of Christmassy. I know. Maybe a little dusting of some you know, snow-like icing sugar and something with cinnamon in it. And I, I think that would be so nice. I actually I have Christmas Eve off, so maybe I will go and have a high tea. Oh, I want to do that. We should come. Let's talk about this. <laughs> Let's try and make if this Auckland happen, please. Auckland is open and we're allowed <laughs> inside yeah. a restaurant. I know. Um, funny we'll story. We'll do a DIY. Yes, oh my god, so keen. But real quickly, on that topic, funny story, when I went to the US last, I tried so hard to find high teas and kind of struggled. They're not a huge thing in the States. Like, even, I get that they would be in sort of like some hotels and stuff, but I I felt like I tr tried to do a lot of Googling to like, maybe book in some high teas because I love I mean you and I have done high teas yeah, in Australia like high teas. and I I just really struggled to find high tea and I changed my wording I was like is it called afternoon tea over there is it called something different and I'm like am I googling it differently um because it's called something else so I 
I just really fucking struggled. Like the US just doesn't seem to like have, you know, like tiered platters of small food. Thing. Yeah, I think maybe. it's just a Christmas thing, and it's just this sort of old world established mm. hotel. Mm. I, it definitely doesn't seem like it's something that you can do all year round, like it is here. Yeah, that's the thing. Like here in um, New Zealand, high tea is everywhere. Hotels, yeah, have and high in teas. the UK as well. Restaurants have high teas. It might not be displayed, but like cafes have high teas here in Hamilton. Like yeah. if you go around to like some cafes, they have a high tea menu, and you sometimes you can only book it on the weekends, and you need sometimes like group of four minimum. But yeah, it's just high tea is so much more of a thing here. So, um. That would be really fun. I love the idea of a Christmas yeah. tea and just like combining I think we tea. Make that happen. Mm, totally. Yeah. That was really interesting. Well, I'm not done. Ah, I'm not done please yet. carry on then. Please carry yes. on. Yes. So this kind of actually ties into yours a little bit as well. While also, less people in the 1800s were getting lit AF on Christmas, some <laughs> people were actually setting things on fire. Oh. Yeah. The flaming like, tea ceremony is a tradition during Hanukkah, the Jewish festival of lights, and it sounds like a really good time. During the ceremony, everyone gets a little glass of tea, preferably poured from a traditional samovar, oh. and a sugar cube. Each person dips their sugar cube in some brandy and then balances it on a teaspoon held over their glass of tea. The lights are dimmed, a candle is passed around, and each person sets their brandy-soaked sugar cube on fire, filling the room with light. Oh. Yes. And then... I'm getting, I'm getting real quick, I'm getting like flaming mo from the Simpsons vibes with this. So... Songs are often sung, and then on cue, everyone drops their flaming sugar cube into their glass of tea and then can drink their tea. So it's this very kind of theatrical thing where everyone has their sugar cube and then they douse it in brandy and then they sit on fire and then they sing while it burns and then everyone drops it into their glass at once and all the light goes out. That is um, so fucking cool. It's cool, right? That's and the so cool. Yeah. Of setting sugar cubes alight at Hanukkah comes from Eastern Europe and Russia, where drinking tea is a custom deep in history and closely tied with cultural traditions around sugar. So, yeah, I just thought that was such a cool tradition and it seems like a really enjoyable thing to do. I know. And like just being in like a huge group where everyone's doing the same thing and it's all just fun like i don't know that seems real yeah, cool and like, i love setting that. stuff on fire is always yeah fun. <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> as well that too just setting shit on fire i mean why not yeah love. that is so love. cool yes and then of course i have my little snack fact at the end of course um, <laughs> of course so my mom doesn't drink at all she never has and a lot of my family is Baptist. So I didn't grow up with people drinking a lot of alcohol at Christmas. Mm. And the first time I went to my 
then my now ex-boyfriend's house as a teenager out west uh, and there were fucking drunk uncles everywhere it was a huge shock to me because I had never been to a Christmas where people were drunk and I was like whoa 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 what is going on here this is very confusing for me so that was like my introduction to people drinking at Christmas that's so funny you say that because I'm the same. I don't really have Christmases where everyone's getting drunk. Like it's no. never been a big thing in my family. Like the worst that's ever happened is my eggnog story where I told you that I got really yeah. drunk under the Christmas tree on eggnog because I spiked it way too hard. And that's it. Like uh, getting yeah. drunk at Christmas isn't a huge thing in any of it the it seems very strange to me but i know so yeah. many people who are like yeah we we drink beer and bubbles and whatever on christmas and we get really drunk i'm like really wow oh that yeah it's that's a very unfamiliar thing for me same we like eat a lot of food we play some games you yeah. know we might play some outdoor games it's a very like wholesome activity day me too. And like traditionally in like the house that I'm spending Christmas in as well, usually like obviously if I'm talking about my family when growing up, we would even sometimes it would be perfectly acceptable. No one would blink an eye at you if you had a really short little nap in the Arvo. And if like everyone oh, got together in the lounge and like had a chill, like we're all full of food. Let's like food coma on the, in, the, yeah. in the couch for an hour or so while we watch a movie. Floor. Because we always used to get books for Christmas because we yeah. didn't actually have a TV in our house when I was born. Mm. And so we would all, like, roll onto the floor, yeah. <laughs> like, little beached whales, and yeah. read our books that we'd gotten for Christmas. And, like, that was the afternoon-evening part, you know? I love that. Yeah, totally. And that's the thing. Like, growing up, you know, obviously, when you're a kid, like, you get presents. So, yeah, you would. You would spend the Arvo, like, playing with your presents or – I don't know, yeah. watching a Christmas movie or having a nap. or And then as I got yeah. older, I kind of still still did the same thing. But oh, I, yeah. I, I would never get drunk, but I would have like maybe a glass of champagne or a glass of Christmas punch or something. But I never, I don't think I have ever been drunk on a Christmas day before, ever. Yeah. For me, getting drunk is like, if I'm going to get drunk, we better mm. be at a party. Yeah. Like, like definitely I don't more of a around. New Year's thing. I'm not really a sit around and get drunk person because if I'm mm. drinking, I need to be doing something. Yeah. Like I need I to like be with having people a dance in a too. party atmosphere, having a dance. Otherwise, I'm going to get bored and mean real quick. Charlotte's having a dance. I, can I just really want to have a, I really want to have a boogie now. Don't drop your tea. <laughs> I won't. It was actually so heavy. a friend, a mutual friend of ours recently talking about how because we've been inside for a hundred days now, mm. all we want to do is have a ridiculous party and yeah. get, you know, a bit Sloshed. drunk, a bit <laughs> drunk and just have a dance and play some really loud music yeah. and wear something ridiculous and just sort of get it all out of our systems because yes. we've had no sort of like party release time for so long i'm so so down um like if anything is coming up in auckland that you're booking yourself into please let me know know. because i need to just 
I really need to like get completely glammed up. I need to put fake yes. lashes on, lipstick. I need to put like my most expensive perfume on. I need to dress up like crazy. I need to get drunk and I need to dance until I can't fucking stand anymore. Like I just need to do yeah. it. I need to get it out of my system. <laughs> it's really funny because just before we went into this lockdown, I went to an event where I danced with some of our friends where I danced so much that I actually broke my shoes. Oh my God. I broke both of my shoes. And I didn't realize <laughs> until the next day when I was like, why do I have such bad blisters? I've never had yeah. blisters from these shoes. And then I looked at them and they're both completely destroyed. And I was like, oh, Mangled. that's why. Yeah. Because you were like, bleeding too is, hard. The shoe is no longer attached to the sole. <laughs> See, that is the sign of a fucking good night. Like, I'd be like, these blisters were a great night. Oh, they were 100%. And then we went into lockdown. They didn't have to wear shoes, so it was fine. So you're like, yes, my feet be free. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, but let's do that sometime soon, please. 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 Amazing. Well, uh, do we have any shameless plugs? Oh, I can do a shameless plug, of course. Please rate, review, and subscribe on your podcast listening platform of choice. That just means hitting that follow button or the download button because all of that helps other people to find us and we really appreciate it. You can drop on by our Instagram, which is with Relish Podcast, and say hello and see some pictures of the things that we've been talking about. And you can send us voice messages on there as well, which might make it into episode. So feel free to do that. We'd really love to hear from you. Wahoo! Yeah, all of that. Please go do all the things. <laughs> and thanks for listening. Bye!